What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Current. I'm your host, Danny Wexelman, and you're in for a treat. Let me tell you, Callum Crawford is back on the podcast, and he's one of my favorite interviews because he's so refreshingly honest, and you'll hear that throughout the podcast today. And by the way, if you don't follow the Riptide, if you don't follow Callum Crawford on social media, go ahead and do that at New York Riptide at Callum98. So go ahead and hit that follow button. We're obviously going to dive into the first win of the season that came last weekend against the Wings. And Callum is going to talk about what stood out from that win. And he really emphasizes how big of a team effort it really was. By the way, we are on milestone alert. Callum is one goal away from 400 career goals. Now, we didn't talk about what that moment is going to feel like or if he's thinking about it because he's not. He's thinking about the team. He told me that, so I didn't feel like we needed to dive into that. But I did ask him about his first goal, his very first goal, and he recalls that story, and then his most memorable. And let me tell you, you're not going to want to miss what he says. He had to edit some things out because we couldn't keep it all in. But both really great stories. And then we also have a really meaningful conversation about paying it forward in the community. And at the end of the day, stats are great, but what are you doing to give back? And so we're going to talk about Impulse Lacrosse Club. That's an endeavor that he started with teammate Ryan Fournier. And he's also going to share a quote that's really resonated with him lately. And I think it's probably going to resonate with a lot of you listening as well. So I think you're going to enjoy that conversation. And of course, we're going to shine a light on the healthcare heroes that will be honored at Saturday's game. And Dr. Pacey, the team physician for the Riptide, will join us to talk about how his teams persevered through this pandemic and what makes him so proud of his team at Orland and Cohen. But before we get to Callum and Dr. Pacey, a really quick word from our sponsor. The best thin crust pizza on Long Island is at Rico's Pizza. If you want to spice it up, treat yourself to their signature hot oil pizza. You can visit their locations on Hempstead Turnpike in Levittown, Old Country Road in Mineola, or order online at ricospizza.com. Discover Archer Roos Wines, consciously crafted luxury wine in a can, the official canned wine of the New York Riptide. Please enjoy responsibly. Unfortunately, orthopedic pain doesn't stop in a crisis. With Orlin and Cohen's temporary transition to an on-call practice, neither does the opportunity to receive care. Offering both in-person and telehealth visits for urgent orthopedic needs, call Orlin and Cohen to speak with a member of the team. Orlin and Cohen, official sports medicine provider of the New York Riptide. Welcome back to the podcast, Callum Crawford. How are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me again. I'm so excited and there's a lot to dive into because we get to, you are not breathing easy, but I am sighing a bit of relief because the riptide, you earned your first win over the wings. And I know that it's been, I think it's just been building the anticipation and also just the excitement of watching this team come together and find their way. And the first win, I just want you to, I'm sure you've reflected a little bit, just walk me through the game and some of the points of emphasis for you that you feel like the team came together and you saw maybe practice come into play or points of the game that you're like, we can build off of this. Um, yeah, I, I think we've seen it throughout the season with the exception of 
our start against Panther City, and then our start against the Swarm. Um, we've been right there. There's been good pieces to every game, but we couldn't collectively put them together. This one, it didn't feel like that. There was never a moment where it was just like down, here we go again. Um, so that was good. I think uh, obviously nowhere close to being perfect or where uh, we need to be to be able to win this weekend. But it, it, it felt different on this one. And, and I think everybody can see the, the potential and, and are ready to stop leaning on the word potential and turning it into something. And um, obviously it helps when, when your goalie plays like Orleman did. Right. He, he did such a fantastic job. Um, our defense, giving him the opportunity to have do, you know, to perform like that. Goalies don't get a chance to do that if their defense doesn't give them the support to do it. Um, right. And then our offense, again, as a group, obviously, Kiernan is just scoring goals at a, at a crazy rate right now, but everybody else basically chipping in. Right. And I mm-hmm. think that is the key to success on an offensive group is everybody contributing, not relying on one and two players to do it. Um, and I think that is something that happened in that game. And, and yeah, you know, we, uh, we got a long way to go to continue, but that was much needed. Um, we've, we've given ourselves a chance to win quite a few games already this season, which is positive, but to actually go see it through. Right. So now we have the taste. Now we have an idea of what it is to see it through. And, uh, I'm excited to, uh, you know, build on it and, and turn this into, kind of the trend hopefully going forward. Absolutely. And it is a total team effort when you, you watch how the season has developed coming so close and, you know, I'll say this and I say this, you know, with the understanding that it's the second full season is that it's the second franchise win. So it's, it's been building and I know that there's a lot more to come, but can you maybe go into, and, and then we'll, we'll get off this subject, but I find it interesting because I don't know if people realize the work that, and how hard it is to, you know, um, you're going through a pandemic. So some of the games were postponed. You're working through gelling together as a team and trying to get that first win, but watching all of the work culminate but just as far as your team goes, what you've have to had to push through, maybe some of the adversity that we haven't had a chance to see up close and personal, but you guys know you've dealt with. Yeah. So um, all the excuses that everything we're going through and have been going through is the same for every team in the league. Um, even the month off that we just had and, and you know, playing um, three games and then having a month off before we got to play our next one. That's something that a lot of these teams are having to deal with. So it's not unique to us, right? It's it's just part of the right. world we're living in, we're battling through right now. I think the unique thing for us that's been a little bit more of a challenge and Panther City can be the only team, in my opinion, that can relate to it is for the most part, this is a brand new group of people playing together for the first time. We can't rely back on familiarity from seasons past and and things we've built and, and muscle memory and just everything like a Saskatchewan can have, or, you know, a Toronto for, and, and every team's got new pieces and it's not an easy situation for any other team, but I think the unique thing for us and as well as Panther city being a expansion team is we basically reconstructed our roster 
in every shape and form brought a whole new group together and um although not officially an expansion team built this season like an expansion team would have been um right so i think that is we don't have that familiarity to fall back on and, and that's an additional challenge for our team not an excuse because um, there's so many different things that are going to go on and have been going on to give an advantage here or you know a disadvantage there that we're all in the same boat collectively across this league um, but that is the one thing that i find and stands out to us that we at times need to remember is um we're still we're still learning and, and building and and trying to get to know each other um on and off the floor that it's a bright future if you really think about it. You know, with the exception of my ancient, I won't, I don't think I can say the new word on here, but my ancient self, and then McArdle, every single player on our offense is a first year or second year player. That's, that's pretty wild. For some people, that's an excuse. When I look at that, I'm like, that is really exciting. Totally. Really totally. exciting. And that's not on mm-hmm. accident. Um, I don't think it's on purpose either in the sense of like, they're not like, Hey, we're just going to okay. get rookies and, and sophomores. It's just how the cards fell, but they're, they're, they're great pieces. And I really truly believe rich Jimmy and the coaching staff did a great job in who they got and the way that they play the game and stuff. And again, it, it means nothing if it doesn't translate and, and whatnot. But I honestly, when I look at it outside of as a player, but look at it kind of with a you know a, a gm mind or a coaching mind um i think that's really exciting and something for anybody who pays attention to the riptide um has to look forward to and yes you know winning puts people in seats and as a business and all that stuff is so incredibly important we need to and we can't just sit back and keep saying potential 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 but we can't say exciting right. and i do think that is really exciting not just for now but for potentially years and years and years to come. And that is, is, I can't say it again enough. It, it's so exciting for this organization because they're really good pieces. Like there's some guys that are just, sometimes they play professional sports. They just get a shot. I don't think there's anybody on that offensive roster. That's just getting a shot that I, if I was in a GM that I wouldn't be like, I would want this guy on my team. And I find that really exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you can always say that. And um yeah you know i think uh it's it's unique to see and and it's fun to see at the same time well i think what's special is that it's a fan base that literally gets to grow up with this team and grow up with this group of players who are younger as you said or first or second year and so it I equate it to, um, you know, watching guys when, when, uh, you know, if a baseball player gets drafted and I'm obviously not comparing a professional athlete to a minor league athlete, but you get to watch them grow. And then when they make it, you're like, you know, I, I was there, I was watching this team. I, I saw the time that they put in, but I also kind of watched and fell in love with their chemistry and who they are are as a person, right? It's, it's all those things combined that I think puts butts in seats and gets people there and, and sells tickets. But from your perspective, you called yourself agent. I, I didn't say ancient and I, I, I will not call you ancient. We're going to get to that in a second, but what, you know, or who maybe people should be talking more about. You mentioned uh, Connor Kiernan. Um, I know that there are other names on the team, but just from your perspective, what, 
or who makes the team, you know, is, is making the team so exciting? The group collectively, first off and foremost, um, it, it's in the entire group, obviously, you know, Jeff, we don't, we, we don't need to say anything because I think everybody else is saying, and we know how incredibly gifted and exciting and we're seeing it to fruition right now. It, it, incredibly gifted. I'm, I'm so impressed and everything that the kid does, not just the plays he makes, but the brain and how he carries himself on the floor through hard situations and, and everything. That's part's great. Um, we're seeing Connor Kiernan, you know, how, his, how incredible his goal scoring ability is. And he's tough and he's, 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 he's you know, he, everything you want in, in, in a player and what they give you. Um, and he's so incredibly excited when other people score too, right? Which is awesome. So he's having a ton of success right now, but he, he's just as excited when somebody else scores. And that's fun to see. Um, I, had, I knew nothing about Larson Sundown before uh, playing with him. No idea, right? I was just opinion. I could hear some things and whatnot. That is a really gifted young man. Um, really, really gifted, smart, uh, talented. Um, he's one that he, he's a pleasure to watch because everything he does is so smooth and, and, and calculated. And yeah, he, he's, he's another one that he may not get, and he's starting to, I think people are going to talk about it more, but he may not get as much of the conversation because, you know, we've got Jeff playing next to him and trust me, Jeff will be the first one to tell you how good that guy is. So, um, but there's a lot of attention on him and, you know, I get just from being in the league for as long as I have, I get a lot of attention, um, just in conversation of who our team is. And now Connor's going to get that conversation because he's got so many goals. Um, but he needs just as much of it, right? Like he is so good. McArdle is coming into his own. He's starting to, he's starting to really play this game at a high level in the, in the indoor game. And I think he's really loving it, which is fun. Um, you know, Jake Fox is starting to starting to show why he was drafted and why he had this buzz when he was younger. He's becoming a, a more of a professional, which is awesome. We know how good Tyson Gibson is. It's the first overall pick for a reason. Um, one of the smartest young players. Um, you know, we, we've got Tyler Thompson, who, who got into a game that I think has an incredible ceiling um, and having that as, as a option, you know, um, there's just so many great different pieces that I think um, is exciting to be a part of. Um, yeah, you know, there, there's- That's there's, a great there's, answer. There's more and it's, it's, it's not one specific and it's not, and the shock value is just, I didn't know anything about a lot of these young guys because I've been so removed from Canadian summer ball and junior ball and uh, and, you know, we've we got Leroy Halftown who, who's there and can contribute whenever he wants as well. And, and these are guys that I never really got to see play until playing with them. Um, yeah. So I think it's, it, it's cool. And it's, it's, it's an appreciation of uh, what there is to come and, and how these guys play the game. And yeah, you know, the generation of lacrosse player is just so much better now than it was when I was coming into the league and the players, and that doesn't mean there weren't some guys who, were dominant and would be dominant now, you know, the Gates, the Tavares guys, but the collective amount of talent, the game has just gotten so much better. And we're going to keep seeing young guys coming in that are pro ready. And, and it's fun. It, it's, it's our sports in good hands. But you know, what's cool is hearing the way that you speak about 
these guys. It, it's cool. Like I'm saying that from a, a reporter standpoint, a fan standpoint, it's, it's very, um, you know, endearing that you have now invested so much and you have so many things to say about them and their game and their ceilings that for me that is cool to hear and i'm not just saying that because like you know you have to say it and you're not saying because you have to say it or you're on the podcast like you you can feel that it's genuine and that that is different and that is cool and i think that that's probably also what is going to set your team apart as well is just you guys are are in the thick of this together and you know each other and you care about each other am i right on that yeah i'm just a big i've just always i can appreciate talent i can appreciate a good lacrosse player and i'm not too snobby or too self involved in my own career yeah. to recognize it now the one thing i say is with all of that it means nothing if we don't or they and 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 I say they because they'll have a career long past when I'm done playing. They don't see it into fruition, you know, really dive into wanting to be as great as they can and prioritizing their careers on and off the floor to be able to do that. But seeing what these guys can all do right now and how they play the game and man, it's exciting. It's, it's fun. It's um, to be able to play with them. And, and appreciate there's so many times where I see like Larson scored a goal this weekend that if you if there was a way to just look at my reaction that I was just like oh my god like <laughs> that is unreal you know Jeff did one um the weekend before that you're just amazed by right and uh yeah you know I, are you I, saying I, we need a Crawford cam no I'm just saying like I can appreciate <laughs> good stuff if you think back if I don't know if you can remember the uh Vince Carter dunk competition it's the greatest one of all time when Vince Carter had it done yeah right the part yeah, that i loved the most and i thought reinforced everything was Shaq's <laughs> reaction to everything on the sideline with his camcorder and how he reacted to every one of them and not just vince's dunks the other guy's dunks too how Shaq was reacting right um You're right and that's basically how i was at least felt internally when i watched these guys do some things is i, I just appreciate good stuff when it happens and talent and all that stuff and uh, we got loads of it out of uh, out of our team no doubt and I think that you know you're able to speak this way too because you've been around you've been around for a minute and since 2006 and I'm not gonna ask you about some milestones that are coming up but I am gonna ask you this I want you to go all the way back in your memory bank and can you recall your first goal I can. Yes. And the, the reason I call it. So uh, I had the privilege to have Tracy Koleski as my captain, my rookie year. Um, okay. He, he was, he took me under his wing and I'm so appreciative of the guidance that I got. And he may not realize how, how much guidance I got from it, but um, just everything. But I remember that goal because I was in my first game and got into it with uh, another player um, in the corner, Jay Jalbert. He two-handed me. I two-handed him back, being just a young shithead. I don't know if I can say that, but um, that I was. <laughs> I think and it's I just, okay. I just gave it back and started getting into it. And Tracy came flying in, grabbed him, and started fighting. And for me, you know, Tracy did that because I was a rookie. He's like, you're not going to do that to our right. rookie. And I'm, you know 
that taught me something as a older guy is you got to, you know, make sure that shit doesn't happen. Um, and appreciative, but now Tracy ends up, I think they got an additional penalty. Tracy's now in the penalty box and not on our power play. So I got to go on the power play <laughs> and I, I got to score. Caleb Toth gave me the ball down on the crease. Um, and I scored because of it. And the reason I remember that is because of the whole sequence of, of yeah. getting there. Right. And if I didn't uh, wow. get into a little bit of a scuffle and then had to have, you know, my big brother come in and protect <laughs> me. Um, maybe if I was tough enough to protect myself, I would have been in the box and uh, yeah, no. Uh, so I remember that one for that reason right there. It's uh, a lot of different pieces, but when I look back at it, it's not the goal that I remember. It was the lesson of yeah. leadership of Tracy Koleski and it keeps bringing my mind and my memory back to all the different little lessons and little things that he did as a leader and as an incredible role model for a, a young player. I love that story. That's a great story. Do you, do you have the ball? Do you, do you have that somewhere? I think my, I don't know if I have the actual ball. My dad always has, he has all these balls all over their house of like uh, myself and my brother's first junior goal and NLL goal. And I don't know oh, if wow. the actual, like, how would he have gotten that ball from Calgary? And I don't sure. know kept it you know in my young okay. you know those days I wasn't organized enough and paying attention to that stuff to keep it but there is yeah. a ball that has like the writing on it somewhere in my parents house somewhere someplace okay and then the, the next one I wanted to ask you about is is there a goal that is the most memorable for you or that you're the most proud of that you scored or that that, that it was such a collaborative effort um that stands out to you um, and I'm putting you on the spot. I'm putting you on I the have spot some, now. I have sure. a few, obviously, game-winning goals, which are huge, like in overtime, and, and those are yeah. fun. But not, not one that, you know, obviously that brought me a championship. Um, so one that just rings off in my mind is uh, in an all-star game, um, I scored. And when I was in college, I created this – I used to do all these dumb tricks. And the tricks I would come up with would always be ones that could somewhat translate into a game, like how to score a goal and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So in the All-Star game, I, uh, I, was on, I got a breakaway in the game. And on the breakaway, I put my stick between my legs and shot with my legs. <laughs> so I, I used to do this in college. I learned how to do it in college. And we, we named it a very inappropriate thing, my attack line. <laughs> Um, I don't know if it's, if I can say it on here, what we named it's it. Podcast appropriate. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And my college coach hated it, hated it. And partially why we didn't get along. Cause I, why are you shooting with your legs? There's no point. And <laughs> yeah. I, just would, I would do it in practice and do dumb young things like that. Um, but I never got to do it in a live game. And I was like, what better setting than a all-star game on yeah. a break? Um, the problem is is after I shot and it scored the stick dropped out of my legs and a lot of people didn't realize that's what I did and I don't know if there's footage anywhere but the one person who did realize and this is the one that I'll always and this is why it's so memorable to me is I, I didn't at the time no relationship with John Grant Jr. just idolized him being a young player and how incredibly good he was and uh I can't remember if he was on my team or if he was on the other team but at the the bar after the game, or was it on the bench? I can't remember. He he was like, "How did you do that? You just shot with your legs." 
And for him, who is as the greatest stick and tricks and abilities of anybody we've ever seen in this game, to be impressed by something I did, being that young, I idolized him being so young for him. And that's why it stands out to me is that I impressed that man with something that I did. Mm -hmm. So to have impressed that human being, if anything in lacrosse, I'm always going to remember that. And yes, it's something you would not ever really do in a real game and it's, and whatnot, but um, that's why it, that one stands out to me. I love that story. That's great. You know, we talked about your first goal. We talked about a memorable goal and also not only just, you know, you're, you're accomplishing a lot in this league and you're leaving an indelible mark on this league, but you're also contributing and making sure that kids and those who want to play the game have the opportunity to. And I, I, I appreciate that very much because I do think, you know, as, as we talked about before we started recording, a lot of times your career is stamped by the numbers. It wasn't successful based on the numbers, but in my opinion, you could have all the success in the world. And if you don't pay it forward, if you're not giving something back to the game, it gave you so much and is giving you so much right now, then what's the whole point? And I, so I feel like while you have a, a pretty exciting milestone coming up, I, I love that you have created impulse lacrosse club. And so I just, you know, we talked about this a little bit the last time you and I met on the podcast, but just where is it at right now? I know Ryan Fournier is a part of this. I, I think Jake Fox was down there with you guys, um, helping out or, or, uh, at least around you guys. Yeah, Jake's gone back and grown up uh, working for the government. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I didn't start this program by myself. I definitely did it with, uh, with Ryan Fournier. Wouldn't be able to have done it and wouldn't be where it is now um, without him. So definitely need to make sure he gets his Noted. for what for we've sure. done. Um, but I agree. Uh, as professional athletes, 99% of us, when we retire from the game, we're forgot really quickly. I'm going to be one of them. Um, and, I, and I'm okay with that. I, I, I'm well aware of how sports works and whatnot, but I respectfully disagree, but continue. I, to be honest, just, and I'm okay with, that. I don't mean that as a woe is Yeah, me. no, no, I know my honest opinion when I look at it. Um, but I do believe our legacies can live on through the people's lives that we touch. Totally. I truly believe that. And it's why I've tried to mentor so many young aspiring professional players for so many years, you know, um, into seeing it into hopefully becoming this. And I, I, I've done it for a long time. There's a lot of young kids when I lived in Ottawa that I did this with and continue to try to um, mentoring and, and help people achieve and then doing it through coaching. And it's hard sometimes, right? When you have it as a business and you are being paid to do it, sometimes people, you know, that's all that they see. Right. And yes, hundred percent, you know, it's a for-profit we're making money and it's how we feed ourselves and, and whatnot, right. but there's still a piece of it that why we do what we do. And I think it's why programs are successful that are successful is we genuinely care about these kids and the potential future that they're going to have. Right. I ask myself when we do things, if lacrosse paid multi-millions of dollars, like other teams, what would I be doing with my time? What I'm doing is exactly what I'd be doing. Um, we just would do it for free and we would give it to kids and everything. Uh, I truly, I love coaching. I love doing these things. It's not a burden to do these things, right? Obviously time away from the family and stuff is tough, but, um, but being able to grow the game 
and not just grow the game and hopefully getting more kids playing, but grow the game in helping people see where this game can take them in life. And that doesn't mean professionally. That means obviously getting an education, but there's, you know, the amount of opportunity I've had to see the world because I played lacrosse in college. Um, you know, I've, I've only been to Hawaii because I played lacrosse. Yeah. Um, I haven't been to Europe, but I've had so many requests to go coach out in Germany and in other parts of Europe. I've never done it, but I could have gone to see the world because of this sport, right? So I understand the different opportunities that this, this thing can do for you and career opportunities and, and other things that, um, you know, growing the game and, and getting people to see the game through to their ceiling, which if it's high school, amazing. If it's college, amazing. I don't talk about the pros, you know, for guys who work at the pros for sure, but I don't sell that. I don't talk to any of our kids in Oklahoma about being professional lacrosse players. I don't sell that pipe dream um, because I don't think it's always the greatest life move to play professional lacrosse, right? Okay. You have to truly want to love the game and want to be that, but I do yeah. know what this game can do. Um, and uh, to be honest, there's a quote I heard. Have you seen... Ooh. He just passed away. Um, Chadwick Boseman's tribute to Denzel Washington. Have you seen no, that? No, I haven't. But you're talking about so, two people that I respect. So Chadwick was in a program. So Denzel Washington, I don't know if it's a scholarship program. I don't know the details of it, but he um, he donated basically X amount of money to get X amount of kids or, or aspiring yeah. I think actors into these really prestigious schools and cover the cost. And Chadwick was one of them that won yeah. that award and got to do it. And, and basically his career became what it was because of Denzel Washington's contribution back. And I'm trying to find the quote, like if I played it right now, um, let me see if I can see the quote. It really resonated with me. And I don't, I know, if it, I I don't know if it's a biblical quote because I'm not a, a religious person to know that. But if, okay. I could, if you're good with me, just like- you Take your to- time. You're receiving the letter that your tuition for that summer was paid for and that your benefactor was none other than the dopest actor on the planet. (laughs) I have no doubt that there are similar stories at boys and girls clubs and theaters and churches across the country where I know you have also inspired and motivated others. An offering from a sage and a king is more than silver and gold. It is a seed of hope. Right there, right? So an offering from yeah. a stage and a king is more than, and that resonated with me so incredibly much and reinforced kind of what we're doing. Um, and, and anybody who knows us, if there's ever somebody who can't afford to play in our program, they're playing in our program. We're yeah. going to make it work for them. Um, yeah. We're always going to figure it out, right? And I think that is it, is we are potentially offering an opportunity to somebody that they may not have had, or, you know, if we could just be that catalyst to give them that opportunity for something that's going to really set them up with an incredibly amazing, successful life or, and, and lacrosse is the medium that did it, you know, that is what makes it all worth it to us. And that's how I know. um, I know that if I was a rich human being, I would still be doing this and I would, I would be making it free for everyone. Um, and it's, it's hard, right? Because it, our program's an expensive one to play in and it's, it's, it's making a living and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know. That, that, that resonated with me and made me know what we're doing is, is you know, and I'm not the Denzel Washington of lacrosse by any <laughs> but hopefully somebody, we're touching. Oh, you're the Callum Crawford. 
<laughs> and the Ryan Fournier. Yeah, that's what you guys are. But that's what we're trying to do, right? We can have yeah. that story that 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 and that's you know that's that's a quote that honestly is going to be something that we talk to our coaches about and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, I haven't even talked to Ryan about this because um it's just something that and I heard it again yesterday randomly on just me scrolling through the rabbit hole of Instagram and I heard it again. I I wrote it down somewhere and it just reminded me again. And then as you were bringing this up, um, yeah, honestly, that, that is one is I'm going to have to type it up and put it somewhere for me, but it is a, it's a very powerful um, speech, obviously the tribute and the appreciation he has and, and whatnot, but that quote right there was just, it's so incredibly true. It's what we do, what we do. Um, It's why, successful people who have tons of money and yes people will say well it's just a tax write-off they use uh they use uh charity as ways to keep more of their money and whatnot that's bullshit it's their way to hopefully be able to provide opportunity and and give back to communities and and whatnot just because somebody's successful in life doesn't mean they don't genuinely care totally i feel that and i i feel really passionately about this and especially growing sports at the amateur level, but more so growing it in the corners of the country and places that maybe there are underserved communities, or maybe there is that kid who can't afford it. But if you give a kid a chance to be a part of something, if you tell a kid, we need you, you matter, you're important, you belong here, even if they're not the best at what you're teaching them, they're going to remember that the rest of their lives and not just pay dividends in the sense that a kid may come to one of your games, right? They may buy a ticket. They may, they may, you know, contribute to the overall growth of the game in that way. But more importantly, the kid will remember who you are and they'll think back. I remember when Callum Crawford and Ryan Fournier put a stick in my hands or walked over to me and put their arm around my shoulder. And they gave me this little piece of advice and I wasn't even good or I was picking flowers, but they still cared. You know, that for me is the biggest deal in the entire world. And I think that kids need more of that. And they need more people who are willing to do that because it's a hard job. It's a hard job to do that. It's a thankless job to do that. The money is not always there. And people who coach, I think you, you get burnt out quickly because you just, your kids are hard. It's hard to teach kids. And, um, especially today when kids are more glued to their phones than anything else. So for me, when I see people who aren't investing like in the future, that's, that is the game changer. That's the hall of fame moment for me, because that's everything the, the future. And those kids are everything. I think for sure. For me, I don't need them to remember what I did for them or what. Yeah, but they will for sure. For me, the joy will be able to see them down the road, successful at whatever they're yeah. doing, happy. And, um, you know, for some of these guys, if they are to do turn into being professionals or somebody I see on TV with lacrosse, yeah. look back and internally know, um, I had a hand in that, you know, yeah. the, the hand yeah. in that, not as in like pat myself on the back or I did this, sure. um, but now I'm living vicariously through their career, right? I can, I, I just, for myself, that's, that is enough for me. Um, I don't yeah. need other people to remember my name for me to be, um, to know that I was something or whatnot. It's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's just worth it to me. And 
you know, and, and it, you're right. It, it gets hard because there's just always some people who just, as much as you genuinely care and, and trying to do good, they believe that, you know, you're not, or you, you know, you're, you're, you're evil or whatnot. And uh, for me, those are the things that I don't know why I let that get to me, but it just does. Um, when you have nothing but truly good, positive intentions right. and people are uh, saying different or believe different, that, that for some reason hits me and strikes a nerve so bad when you genuinely are just trying to do something positive doesn't mean it's going to have come out as you see it but you had nothing but good intentions behind an idea or something and uh, somebody's tarnishing that and it's that's the thing that makes it hard very rarely do the kids make it hard to do do we get frustrated when kids aren't improving or are good enough sure that's human nature um but kids aren't ever the problem it's it's usually the grown-ups who unfortunately Fortunately, uh, ruin it. They, they take yeah. good coaches, positive influence people out of sports and working with the kids because you know for them it's not a career and a job like it is for me. Right. Um, and they ask themselves, why am I doing this? Right. You're doing good work. And, and you, yeah, you guys are doing good work though. Like it's it's so obvious, yeah. I think, and even through the tough parts. I mean, it's it's and it's necessary. It's important and necessary work. And you guys have decided that this is what you want to do i'm sure you could do other things but you decided now this is what we're gonna do it's cool yeah for sure uh for me you know i i used to work in financial and insurance and do different jobs as a young pro playing and grown up i guess um <laughs> but my i had this aha moment while working yeah. in the financial industry and um obviously hating my life. I didn't like what I was doing. Um, not a career path that I enjoyed, but I eventually had this aha moment being like, you've spent your whole life trying to be as good at lacrosse. People go and get their doctorates and their masters in engineering, in being a doctor, in accounting and whatnot. And then they go work in those fields. Right. That is what we as lacrosse players have done. And that doesn't mean we as lacrosse players don't have other skills. Me personally, I do not have other skills. I, I can't build, fix. Uh, I, you know, I don't have the educational background to, to work in accounting and, and be a doctor or a lawyer or whatnot. I, my life's work of, has been lacrosse. And I had this aha moment is, well, why don't you work in lacrosse? Yeah. And so that's when I started you know, back in Ottawa, I created um, a company called Capital Lacrosse Academy. It was when I was very involved in strength and conditioning, being a strength and conditioning coach. And um, a lot, and it's better nowadays, but a lot of lacrosse players, you know, we didn't train like football players and hockey players did off the field and off the ice and understand the athletic part. We just play lacrosse, right? right? So I created that business to get lacrosse players to understand the athletic component um, and I was just straight, I was a personal trainer, basically a strength and yeah. conditioning coach. Um, and that was the first thing that I did. And then eventually did the Ottawa Capitals program and then a different coaching things from there um, that led me to here. But that was, it was just basically uh, when people, you know, they, I had one, I had a couple of people in Ottawa back then that because I was charging to work with lacrosse players, you know, they were tarnishing me and saying I was the worst person in the world because I was charging. And it was no different than them going to a, lifetime fitness and getting with a personal training coach. That's basically right. what my first business was. And so I got to learn it from the get-go. And my reply back was, you know, what did you do in school? What are you working in? 
okay, well, I'm significantly more qualified to, to work in my industry than you are in yours. Why are you being paid to work your job and I can't be paid to do mine, right? Totally. And that was, and I think, I think if people start looking at it more, why, you know, stop giving people a hard time for, for trying to make a career in, in coaching sports. And there's limits to it, of course, and, and where you're at, but it doesn't mean you're a bad person because you're trying to make a living in something that, you know, you, you feel like you were meant to do and you think you're good at. Totally. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And, and just being proud of it and celebrating it and not, not trying to apologize because you're doing something that you're passionate about. I'm with yeah. you there. We're going to take a hard left. We're going to, we're going to go left whatever direction you want to go. <laughs> you guys got a game on Saturday and uh, I'm excited because you're honoring healthcare heroes. And I know that there's going to be, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people in the stands uh, Saturday, seven 30 hosting Buffalo. And I, I just kind of want to hear from your perspective um, what you're most looking forward to about hosting um, this group of people. Yeah, so great cause, of course. You know, I think what we've been through over the last two years as people doesn't even scratch the surface of what these healthcare people have been through. Um, and we have to remind ourselves of this, I think, sometimes is it's been very hard. Don't get me wrong. Um, yeah. Between mental health, regular health, pe people's lives being affected through this, education's been affected. I mean, we need to understand these healthcare people had all of that plus their job of trying to, you know, keep us safe and healthy and risking their own, and just, we can go on for days, right? Um, for sure. Yes. So it's a great opportunity anytime you can do anything for anyone, but this time of year, um, I think, you know, it's, uh, it, it's a great opportunity for us and hopefully they can absorb um, how thankful and, and Riptide are just, we're just putting on the event, the team We're the idea is we're representing everybody, not just lacrosse people, everybody right. by doing this, right? This isn't just the riptide thanking you. This is just a median for us to use the riptide in this game to say as people, as human beings, thank yeah. you so incredibly much for what you guys have done and continue to do every single day, obviously just in regular life, but incredibly reinforced through the COVID pandemic. Well said, that's super well said. And I believe there are special jerseys, jerseys that uh, look like scrubs. Do I have that right? Do you know? I, so I have, they haven't shared anything with us. I know back when they were talking about this, like forever ago. So if that's still the case, amazing. Um, okay. As players, I haven't, unless I've been missing team emails <laughs> and stuff and I'm in crap now. Okay. I feel like uh, Brett said, another Brett mentioned, he's getting a lot of love on this podcast. He said, we're wearing special healthcare heroes jerseys that look like doctor scrubs. Now I don't know if I'm supposed to be sharing this or not. Yeah. I don't know whether Brett. the team, the fact that it hasn't been marketed makes me think maybe they're trying to keep it a surprise. Um, okay. I don't know. Um, okay. Here's what I, I'm going to guess. You're going to get one. And then after the game, you're going to take it off. You're going to sign it. And then they're going to give them away. For sure. Right. I would, would it, like I would buy one. Can I buy one? Oh, maybe I don't, I got to talk to Brett. You got to talk to cool, Brett. I think that's a really cool one that I would want to have for, uh, I for agree. the question of uh, just again, remind us and appreciate Maybe you get the autographs of those who are there. Something. Yeah. That would be an incredible turn, you know, have those that are there sign jerseys for us and understand yeah. that they're the stars, not us. 
That's cool. I like that. Okay. Before I let you go, I do have to ask you, are you binging anything right now? Are you watching anything that is screen? Yes. Oh. When I travel, because we travel so much, um, yeah. I get to watch, like really get into TV shows. Um, okay. So I'm watching a really weird one, but I like it. Uh, okay. My Wolves. I haven't seen it. So you have, it's, I, like sci-fi definitely um okay it is basically humanity is in this big huge war atheists against these believers i don't know think they're a regular religion that we would have grown up on and they're okay. in this massive futuristic war basically ending human civilization on earth and they have to leave on this big arc to find <laughs> new civilization basically what it is and okay. there's these androids who are deemed by some of these this one atheist like super smart doctorish type guy and gave them the ability this uh robot i guess technically um the ability to be able to uh give birth to kids like we have she is in charge of you know rebuilding the human race and she has four kids crazy crap happens all the way through it i'm pretty hooked it's way out there um okay but I didn't, you know, it took, I had to commit to getting it through one or two episodes, but I just randomly downloaded. I was like, I'll give it a shot. Um, okay. 1883 is obviously incredible. Have you been okay. watching? That's the prequel to Yellowstone. No, I have seen people talking about Yellowstone though. You haven't seen Yellowstone? Dude, I am the Can worst. you make that I... thing pop up, pop up where it says got it or leave? Cause I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm the worst. Listen, I, I. I'm no, trying no. to limit my screen time. <laughs> Don't limit your screen time until Yellowstone is finished. I've watched The White Lotus. How about that? Does that give me brownie points? Yellowstone is 10,000 times better than White Lotus. Okay, I'm going to watch it. Well, you've got seasons I'm... worth now. We argue around here who gets to be which character. If we were <laughs> in that show, like Ryan always tries to give himself like the main most badass character and he gives it to himself where everybody else is like, <laughs> saying you could be this guy we don't give ourselves a character ryan always tries to give himself the best character um i love that female character beth who is so incredibly badass that i love shows and movies that have such great characters that you're that you know that are awesome um, of course there's a couple in that show that are unreal and then 1883 is the prequel of how the family got to the yellowstone ranch and stuff so should like, i watch that first no 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 no, no. You got to go Yellowstone. Okay. Look, I'm going to write it down. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Made by Wolves, you may not, I don't know if you'd be into it or not. That's a, you have to be willing to let your mind go crazy and um, different places there just with creativity. But uh, Yellowstone, Yellowstone. I have yet to meet a person that's watched Yellowstone and hasn't been like, this is the greatest thing ever. Uh, Okay. The soundtrack is so perfect. The music they have in it is so incredibly perfect for everything that happens. I just want to be cool. You know what? I just you can't be I cool if you don't watch Yellowstone. You're 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 preventing yourself from being cool. I I see the correlation now. I'm gonna fix it. I'm gonna work on it. Okay, I'm gonna work on it, and I'm gonna watch it. I will report back probably in a year the next time we talk because I think it's been a year since we talked. So yeah, we'll talk about a year. Yeah, we'll talk in a year. Um, I'm excited. Well, I'm excited for Saturday. I'm excited for the growth of this team. And I'm always so grateful for all your time. Spend so much time just being really honest. And I appreciate that. 
Well, my pleasure. Isn't that the point of this is to, to talk. So no, uh, <laughs> it's fun. You know, the, uh, the podcasting is fun. It's, it's good touching on things. You got, I'm telling you, you got to get that quote in your life. It is so good. Um, and I don't know why you bringing that up made it come up in my mind, but I'm so fun. glad. I really just, you know, I want to get your perspective. I want to talk a little bit about the pandemic, but I, I think like just to start really is hearing how you feel like this, you know, on Saturday, honoring healthcare heroes, you know, we've seen a lot of people doing that, a lot of organizations doing that, especially in sports, but just what it, how it feels to be recognized, even if you want the recognition or not, to be recognized for what healthcare workers have done during this extremely tough time. So, you know, from my perspective, um, everybody had to step up in this situation and healthcare workers were just another part of the team. Um, the real heroes from, from our standpoint, from the medical side, really are those people that are on the front lines, you know, our emergency room physicians, our ICU physicians, the nurses, the orderlies, the techs, everybody who got up every day and continued to go to work mm -hmm. despite not knowing what they were going to face, especially early on. I mean, it was a, a very scary time. You had urgent cares and primary care doctors who continued to treat patients in the face of a, a huge unknown. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the pharmacies stayed open and the pharmacists kicked in. And, and even when it came to vaccinations, many of the pharmacies have stepped up to help with vaccination programs. Um, so it really was big across the board in healthcare. Everybody had to do their part. And, you know, it, in our group at Orland and Cohen, we stepped up and helped in, in a number of different ways. A number of our physicians, um, led by Brad Gerber, who's one of our total joint surgeons, um, they stepped in right away to, to volunteer in the hospital and to help with the proning teams and, and any way they could, any way, shape or form to help with manpower, to keep the hospitals open and to help with the original surges. And we've all had to adapt over the last several years. I mean, there are times when uh, even recently with the, the Omicron variant where we were short staffed and mm -hmm. we had to jigger around schedules to make sure people would get taken care of. There were staffing shortages where even in the office at times we were short staffed or in the, in the surgery centers and in the hospitals. Um, I actually just got a, a terrific email today from Huntington Hospital, which is one of the, the facilities that I work out of, that the Omicron bump is gone and we're back kind of full, grow, full go and the staffing shortages are not in a situation anymore where we have to delay care for anybody. So it's a, it's a great day in that regard. But even as recently as last week, we were delaying surgeries because of the increased numbers in the hospital setting. Um, you know, beyond that, we changed the way that we work. Mm -hmm. um, we increased virtual care, something that, you know, telehealth really didn't exist in the way it does today until COVID. And yeah. it's something that, that really has changed the way that we do things. You know, prior to COVID, if I had a college athlete that I operated on, they go back to school and I'd say, all right, when's your next break? I'll see you back when you get back. Now I schedule regular meetings with my college athletes at the same time points I normally would. And we jump on of a Zoom or a FaceTime yeah. um, in a secure manner. And 
they have their follow-up visit and we, we have that touch point and I can answer their questions and, and check and see how they're doing and, and help them to continue to improve and reach their goals of getting back on the field and getting back to play. So yeah. some, some good has come out of this yeah. um, in that regard. And, and we've had to be creative to, to keep things going, so to speak. It sounds like you're proud of your team for adapting and for doing whatever was asked, whatever was needed. Is that right? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, everybody had to step out of their comfort zone to continue to work through this pandemic um, and to do what we love to do. And that's help people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we had a lot of patients who had COVID. Um, Mm -hmm. We had some patients that got very sick and and we'd reach out to them and, and make sure they were doing okay. And it affected their outcomes. It affected their care. And we, we had to kind of shift on the fly at times to make sure we could get the outcomes that we're used to. Um, you know, simple things like rehab getting interrupted. It seems like small potatoes in the face of a pandemic, but it really can affect somebody's outcome and their, their livelihood. So we had to really be creative to make sure that we could continue to take care of patients at the level that we wanted to in the face of everything that was going on. And that's just a small, small thing in comparison to what was going on in the hospitals. And as I said, with, you know, the ER physicians and the ICU physicians and the anesthesiologists and everybody that really stepped up to help get us through this. Regarding the riptide, how did your team navigate the pandemic, not only with the players who are in the United States, but so many Canadian players as well. Give us a little insight into that. So it's been uh, it's been an interesting juggle. Let's let's put it that way. You know, we got a lot of experience dealing with the the college and university athletes um, leading through COVID. So we learned a lot in terms of testing protocols, return to play protocols, and things along those lines. But now you're juggling crossing an international border. Mm-hmm. So there's literally different rules depending on which direction you're going, which tests are accepted, which tests are not accepted, um, depending on if you're going to Canada or, or going to the United States. So we've had to come up with protocols and the league has been very helpful, the NLL, in terms of this. Okay. Um, but literally figuring out a testing protocol where probably 70% of your roster is crossing an international border every week. It certainly has been uh, time consuming mm-hmm. um, and the challenge and, and literally three weeks into the season, the rules changed on us. Yeah. So what was acceptable day one of the season is completely different today. And I'm sure now that this wave is coming down here in the U S that the rules will actually change again, any time now. Yeah. So we have, players at this point testing two or three times a week for COVID. Anyone that has had COVID has um, the 90 day window that they don't have to test, which gives us some leeway. So um, not that we want the athletes to get COVID, but the guys that were asymptomatic and um, tested positive, they get a nice break from having to test every few days. Um, And we have a few of those guys on the roster and there are a number of those guys in the league. Luckily, we haven't had anybody really have significant COVID symptoms. Uh, We've had at least one athlete that we've done some additional testing on uh, just to be safe in in terms of cardiac. Um, We've learned that 
athletes who have severe or, or moderate to severe symptoms can have cardiac changes. So we're very careful in that situation. And we do an EKG and an echocardiogram and we've gotten some terrific help from the physicians at Northwell in terms of testing in that regard. Um, so, you know, I'm an orthopedic surgeon yeah. and uh, because I'm a sports medicine physician and a team physician, I've had to become a COVID expert, so to speak, in dealing with these issues. And it's been a, a huge education for me and for my team. And uh, Vince Barandio, who's our uh, doctor of nurse practitioner, um, has been a huge help. Um, he's our primary care go-to. And uh, Lindsey Garahan, who's our athletic trainer and our point person, really has been the one working with Zane to, um, to chase all of these tests and make sure we're checking all the boxes every week to get everybody tested and, and in and out of the country as see fit in whichever direction that we're going. And my team to, to show up to the Coliseum on Saturday night, we all have to get COVID tested. Yeah. So we're, we're right there alongside the athletes step-by-step um, step going through this. What do you think is the biggest point of emphasis you would want fans to know or people who are interested in sports or interested in the dynamic of how intricate and how very fragile this situation can be sometimes and how many moving parts there are because we don't really get the inside scoop right we kind of just we only hear little bits and pieces but you you are on the inside of the experience so what would you want people to know that maybe we don't know enough about you know i i would like them to to understand and respect how much is actually going on behind the scenes by so many people to be able to put the incredible product on the field that the Riptide do. Mm. Um, you know, it's one thing to look at the win and loss column, but the, the full team effort from the management, the coaches, the GM, the players themselves, what they have to go through every week in order to be on the field, what my team does in the background along with the administration to make sure that it's a safe environment for the players, for the coaches, for the staff, um, and for the fans to be in the building and in a safe environment to enjoy the best lacrosse on the planet. I mean, and it really is. And um, I have two kids that, that play lacrosse and my daughter and my son are looking forward to this week's game and <laughs> they love coming to all the games. And now that uh, the games are on ESPN plus, it's, it's even better. We can sit at home and watch the games when they're on the road as well. So um, I was a, a football and baseball and basketball guy growing up and I've got a lacrosse family now. So, um, it's, uh, it's something that we love and, you know, yeah. we're out there every weekend with our kids and can't wait to be back at the Coliseum this weekend. Now, will you be working or are you going to sit back and enjoy? So I'm, I'm there working on Saturday night. Okay. Um, so we're, we have a full staff at every home game. Um, our athletic trainers are there, our physical therapists are there. Um, and myself, and our primary care docs. So we, we have a full staff there for every home game. Um, and I'll be there out cheering for the team, probably sitting with my family for a good part of it. And okay, um, good. downstairs when I have to be. Okay, good. All right. As long as you get a little time to enjoy, that's that's what matters the most. Anything else you, you feel like you want to talk about as far as, you know, your role with the team or, or what Orlin and Cohen is doing, if I didn't touch on it? Now, you know, I, 
we love being a partner with this franchise. Um, it's really one of the greatest experiences I've had in sports uh, dealing with the Riptide. It's a professional organization from top to bottom. And, yeah. um, you know, we're happy to be a part of it and love seeing the success uh, as it grows. And, you know, we're sports guys. We love this stuff. We eat it up. Um, and, you know, the interactions from the front office, again, to the players, I was just on the phone with one of the players before we, we spoke today. Um, it's really a great family and team environment. And hopefully, you know, we can show the community what it takes to work together as a team to survive in this environment and not only survive, but thrive, um, given all the obstacles that we've all dealt with over the last several years. Well said. That's really well said. I really appreciate your time, Dr. Pacey. And, you know, I hope you enjoy Saturday and want to thank you for your team. And as you said, all the, the frontline workers, I mean, really, you know, we can't thank them enough. So thank you for coming on and, and representing. Happy to help. And uh, let's go rip that. Huge thank you again to Callum Crawford and Dr. Pacey. Huge shout out to all the healthcare heroes and frontline workers. We can never repay you or say thank you enough for being our heroes. This game coming up Saturday versus the Bandits, 7.30 tickets. You can buy them at newyorkriptide.com slash tickets. Before we go, another really quick word from our sponsor. The best thin crust pizza on Long Island is at Rico's Pizza. If you want to spice it up, treat yourself to their signature hot oil pizza. You can visit their locations on Hempstead Turnpike in Levittown, Old Country Road in Mineola, or order online at ricospizza.com. Discover Archer Roos Wines, consciously crafted luxury wine in a can, the official canned wine of the New York Riptide. Please enjoy responsibly. Unfortunately, orthopedic pain doesn't stop in a crisis. With Orlin and Cohen's temporary transition to an on-call practice, neither does the opportunity to receive care. Offering both in-person and telehealth visits for urgent orthopedic needs, call Orlin and Cohen to speak with a member of the team. Orlin and Cohen, official sports medicine provider of the New York Riptide. All right, that's it. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned a lot. I sure did. Stay safe, and we'll talk soon. Thank you.